Hello. Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison and I'm here to give you brief reviews so you don't have to do any research. Also, some really interesting news I found out the other day. I was on national radio. I'm just as baffled as you are. So someone I knew from school messaged me the other day saying uh, hello to Jason Isaacs. And I was like, okay, I know that's a reference to Kermode and Mayo's film review show on BBC Radio 5 Live. So I was like, is this a reference to that? So I text saying, wait, what? And he said, I knew I'd recognise your voice anywhere. And I'm like, oh, wait, my my joke comment got on the show? (laughs) So originally for last week's theme one night only i was going to do a a film adaptation of stephen sondheim's musical a little night music and when i watched it i realized it didn't really fit the theme it didn't really take place in one night only as i thought it did so i decided to choose a different film instead but i did have thoughts and i thought oh as a joke i'm gonna i'm gonna send this little ditty into uh the show and apparently it ended up on there which was bonkers so i'll play that clip probably at the end of the show but that was so funny that was that was really like a wild ride uh this week's theme is gems these are films all to all related to either stealing or obtaining a jewel or a gem so the first film we're looking at this week is a very recently made film. I mean, obviously, I always cover a, a new release date, but this was filmed and made during the first lockdown in the UK. Hi, Paxton. We heard London's in total lockdown. We are all locked in this psychological prison of burning aloneness. How's Linda? She's somewhere in the house. Is there some type of issue? We are fine. Not only is everything not okay, nothing is okay. Linda said she was planning to end our thing. Nobody wants to live alone. For two weeks, we are locked together here. You know, you think I'm so happy and normal. No, I'd never accuse you of being happy and normal. Because I'm not! So the first film I'm looking at is Locked Down, released in January this year. Directed by Doug Lehman, and Doug Lehman has directed films like The Bourne Identity, The Edge of Tomorrow, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, American Maid. Lots of very action-heavy films. So it's a bit interesting, actually, he's gone to do Lockdown. And Lockdown stars Jupiter Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway. And it takes place during uh, the first lockdown in England, you know, when we were all clapping for the NHS and bashing pans and things like that. And... Uh, it, this couple is basically estranged from each other. They hate each other. And then they realise their paths cross and realise that they could potentially steal a jewel. It's going to have to be someone that we trust, so that means inevitably it's going to be me. It's a new dawn. What are you taking out of Harris? A diamond. It's a new day. Since lockdown, I'm looking back at myself like that was then and this is now. Yeah. The bastards who told me to fire those people, they are bad. You and I are good. Good is better than bad. You're talking about stealing a diamond. Three million pounds. Live wild or die, Linda. And I'm feeling good. Harrods is the most glamorous store in the world. I know all the security guards. I know the security systems. I just need to get the gentleman's name. His name? Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe! Wow! It's interesting to me because a lot of people didn't like it because they felt it was too close because the pandemic hasn't ended, right? And so we don't have the distance enough from the event to really connect with the characters. And I get that to some extent, like 
it feels like in the middle of one lockdown, I'm looking back, throwback Thursday to another lockdown. But I think the problem for me was I don't think it knew where it was going. It felt like this air of satire to it like there was a whole scene when Anne Hathaway was frantically bashing pots to seem like a decent person and there's a lot of criticism about that it's just performative we're not actually doing anything and she realizes maybe actually stealing this diamond and giving some of that money to the NHS which seems like a legit thing they want to do it feels kind of connected but also because this film it basically seems like it was made like written filmed edited released Within the space of a year, less than a year, a lot of it feels rushed and, and quite conflated and could have really made do with maybe a 30 minute cut or something like that. There were some really great performances. Anne Hathaway does a really great monologue, which I really enjoyed. Definitely felt a monologue for a play rather than a film because I don't think a performance like that doesn't really translate very well unless you're going for the full satire. So like um, the person I would think would be really suitable for this is the director Armando Iannucci, who did the recent adaptation of the personal history of David Copperfield. He also did um, the series Veep and also The Thick of It. So that kind of really like engrossed in sarcasm and cynicism and is very sharp and pointed with its humour, which I think would have worked really well with this film. And I'm not entirely certain why Doug Lehman would have done this project. It was written by Stephen Knight. He's done films like Locke, East End Promises, Allied, Serenity, which starred Anna Hathaway and Michael McConaughey. So it's an interesting combination for me. And when it gets to maybe like the last like 45 minutes it gets really interesting and it wants to make the point of people having enough of trying to abide by a political system and just wanting to do what's right and again it would be interesting and a really good comment to make if we knew what the ending would be to the whole pandemic and what it would truly reflect so it seems to me because they were so keen on getting a film of like made in lockdown oh look at us we're being like reactionary but actually the story they wanted to do i think needed to maybe a couple more years in the works work through some drafts to make something that's proper impactful also i really didn't believe that she would sell for and anne hathaway were like these wild-hearted drugged I, they just seemed too <laughs> clean people to just have this history of motorbike riding and traveling and taking they just seem like they're these really crazy hippies like 10 to 15 years ago but they just seem so disconnected from that you kind of don't really believe they have that history together but i don't know <laughs> thing is i'm saying all this and actually the heist thing and if the publicity wasn't so focused on the heist element i think it would have been a really nice relationship study between these two characters because i think their interactions are really great but i think because it was made in my opinion in such a rush it everything just felt really conflated and misproportioned now the next one i'm looking at definitely had such an oscar hype at the time that i finally got around to watching and i was intrigued to say the least how you doing, Holly? Hey. How's it going? How's hey, Howard. Howard. Put Pesach out. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. 
Mitchell. I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. The next film I'm looking at is Uncut Gems, which was released in 2019, directed by the Safdie brothers, also written by the Safdie brothers, and also Ronald Bronstein. And it stars Adam Sandler, and he got a lot of buzz at the time of being, I think he won the Best Actor Award at a different um, award ceremony, and he made a dig for not winning it at the Oscars, or something like that, but he was nominated for, for his performance for, for the Oscars. So he plays a jeweler, and he basically is a gambler, but he comes across this really beautiful opal, and it becomes sort of twisted in all these different stories that unravel in this way. But basically, he's a man who keeps digging himself into holes that could have very easily been avoided. You know how that makes me feel? Never research I don't know who said that! I told you about how things were gonna go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family! Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. Now I understand because I recognize, I think it was Jack Howard, who's who's a film reviewer online. I think I remember him talking how it was such an anxious watch and he never felt so anxious watching someone watching a TV screen. And I get what he means. It's meant to be this climactic moment of all the stories sort of tying together and realising why all these problems during the film had to happen in order to culminate in those last moments. I think there's something to be said for Oscar momentum. Because I feel like watching this, I didn't feel the stress and anxiety and everything that I maybe might have done if it had the Oscar bait. Because I'm kind of looking for, oh, what could, what is the potential in this? When watching it, I was just more frustrated. He wasn't really learning anything. He wasn't growing as a character. He just felt like he was on the brink of doing that and then just trying to revert back to him being a terrible person. The female characters aren't really written very well, and and so I felt quite a bit disconnected doing that. If you want to watch this, I think it's worth a watch for purely for Sandler's performance. It, he was completely transformative, and it was really interesting seeing how he reacted to everything. The script is annoyingly stressful, but to the point it is addictive, and I think the way it ends... It's tied together really well. I don't want to say any more because I feel like it'll take away the elements of it that I was quite invested in. But yeah, it's on Netflix, so why not give it a go if you have a couple hours? Now, the next film I'm looking at is the first ever Bollywood film I'm covering on this podcast. And it was an interesting ride. <laughs> The last film I'm looking at this week is Jewel Thief, released in 1967, directed by Vijay Anand, starring Dev Anand and also Vijay and Damala. Dev Anand plays Vinay, who is an ordinary jewel 
analysis person, the one who like says, oh, this is really like valuable. He gets caught up in a spy thriller because he says he looks exactly like a notorious jewel thief. Now there's a lot more to it with Jewel Thief. It becomes something that I didn't expect. If I was to round up what it is, I would say it's James Bond meets Bollywood musical numbers, but with way better twists. First and foremost, I thought the musical numbers were really fun. I feel like I didn't enjoy it to its maximum because the subtitles I was watching it in, they were like delayed by maybe a line. So when someone was speaking, I would only see the subtitles of what the previous character was saying, if that makes sense. So it did take me a while to get into the rhythm of it and understand what's going on. But I would be more than happy watching this again. I mean, 1960s Bollywood, there's not going to be the best representation of women, but I feel like the performances, especially from Vijayan Thamala, she was absolutely incredible. What a fantastic and emotive dancer and the way she performed in the, the numbers. I really loved. I think because of the charisma from all the characters, that's what made it so engaging for me. And it looked also absolutely spectacular. So the cinematography, which was by V. Ratra, absolutely brilliant and the costumes by Manny J. Ribardi and the art direction by TK Desai I think all around it was a really well-made film that I mean was a little bit long for my taste but I feel like it's one of those really epic films that I didn't anticipate that I think if I knew I was invested if I was going to invest myself in a three-hour long journey epic heist spy thriller I would have really enjoyed it. But I had so much fun watching this once I got used to the atmosphere of it. And it's just a crazy time. Now, those are all the films I have watched this week. I think if I'm going to pick a film, I think I'm going to go with Jewel Thief. You know, I, I even though I said it took me a while to get into it, once I got into it, I had a really fun time. And I think out of all the films I watched this week, Jewel Thief would be the one I would be more than happy to watch again. Uh, but that is everything for this week. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It would be immensely appreciated. And there is a Patreon for this show. It's only £1 a month if you fancy supporting the show. You can also follow updates on the podcast at Lights Carry Action on Instagram, but you can also follow my personal Instagram and Twitter at CarryMo97. But for now, that is everything. Take care and stay safe. Next is Caroline Morrison, who says she spent a lot of money to find a rare DVD copy of Harold Prince's 1978 film adaptation of Sondheim's A Little Night Music. What she learned was, quotes here, sometimes things are rare for a good reason. Isn't it rich?
spending twenty pounds to find a used copy of 1978's film adaptation of Stephen Sondheim's musical *A Little Night Music*, turned out to be bad. <laughs> Send in the clowns. That's very good. Very good. Thank you, very much. Thank you, Caroline, who clearly wants to turn her twenty quid into some kind of good and uh, and entertaining us. But I just like that. Remember, yes, some things are rare for a reason. It's not just because they're fabulous. Good. It's because they're That's very good. Patterns. It's very, very good. Very good. Um, more sung. More sung. Lobby down correspondence, please. Yes. So we've been on an aeroplane. We've had a little bit of uh, night music from Caroline. Next up, John Charlier. <laughs> 